0: So yeah, I was listening to the Meek Mill thing this morning Which was like really dope Because he takes like the first song Is a straight jack of um, In the Air Tonight" Night by Phil Collins do, 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 Yes, do. and it's so dope
1: Yeah, I'm potting in the air tonight Like literally Oh no I Ooh. guess you have that in your I forgot that you might have that rolling. (laughs) Yes.
0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, because we live.
1: Welcome to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Not Edwards, Doug Branson. You can find us all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nod of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. Jazz game tonight. Not looking so great. Although they did, uh, if if you look at what they've done here recently, the Jazz, um, they have not done well in the first half. But they are, I think, are one game below 500 as it stands right now. As I try to pull up their record, uh, I did have it up here, but um, yeah, Where's the
0: preparedness, man? I don't, I, I don't know.
1: know. I don't know. I, I went out and I went out of this tab, and now I'm searching frantically for the Utah Jazz podcast. Jazz so are
2: 10 and 12. 10
1: and 12. Thank you. A couple games <laughs> 13th. under Thirteenth
2: in the Western Conference.
1: So, anyways, yes, two games below 500, And it just, they have not been performing well. They did just trade for Kyle Korver. They traded mm-hmm. Alec Burks for Kyle is Korver. And a couple of second-round picks. So, Kyle Korver coming in to try to enhance their three-point shooting, which even in a win against the Nets that they had by 10 points in their last game out, still did not shoot all that well. So, Kyle Korver comes in shooting 46%, not exactly shooting at a high volume like he once had, not exactly putting together a ton of great stats, But Kyle Korver is going to come to the Utah Jazz and hopefully enhance that three-point shooting. Might see him tonight at the Spectrum Center. We don't know for sure, but it could be his first game in that Jazz uniform, at least this go-around.
0: You know, I would say this. All Kyle Korver is really going to be doing is coming off screens and sitting in the short corner. So it's like having another Jingles out there. The big thing for me is that with that trade, that was basically them trading one Hornets Killer for another Hornets Killer because Alec Burks used to have like ridiculous (laughs) stat lines against Charlotte NBA teams here. So watching one come in for the other, it just. I'm just almost expecting like Corver to know pl- like five plays and still hit us up for like 26. Well,
1: Kyle Corver has played the Charlotte Hornets 43 times in his career and has beaten the Charlotte Hornets 30 of those 43 times. So Kyle Corver, no stranger to putting a whooping on the Charlotte Hornets. And you look again, you mentioned Kyle Corver and Joe Ingles, and it's interesting because you look at some of the problems that Utah has had this year. You can go to Tom Ziller of SB Nation, and he writes, "Quote outside of Mitchell, the Jazz rotation is." with players uncomfortable having the ball in their hands a lot. Joe Ingles is a very capable passer, but his usage rate is always low. Other high-minute players like Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, and Jay Crowder just don't handle the ball much, and for good reason. And so now you bring in Kyle Korver, who's not going to be handling the ball that much as well. So it's all Ricky Rubio, who is not having a good season by any stretch of the imagination. Ricky Rubio? And you have Donovan (laughs) Mitchell, who's been wildly inconsistent and wasn't even an efficient player last season. You're still hoping for him to grow into it, but only shooting 42% from the field. So the two guys that handle the basketball for you is a Ricky Rubio, a very much struggling Ricky Rubio, and an inefficient Donovan Mitchell at this point. And the Jazz, that's how you sit two games below 500 at this point in the season.
0: I would point out now, has anyone seen the three-point percentage for one Donovan Mitchell since the All-Star break of last season? Hadn't been good. It's sub-30. Yeah, it's not. This was what everybody was worried about when he came out in the draft. Is his inability to spread the floor. Now, granted, him getting to the paint is still one like an upper echelon elite skill of his. But for what he does right now and for how effective he was going into the playoffs last season, the three ball being a threat is a big thing for him. And now that it's not, now that he cannot rely on that three ball to do anything, it's making it a little bit harder for teams to it's making it a little bit harder for him to score and be more efficient you know Hornets
1: fans are all too familiar with the success of Donovan Mitchell because we kept torturing ourselves by checking in on his stats last season wait wait, wait we as Malik yes us Hornets fans I would put this in a group but you're right I did at least keep up with Donovan Mitchell how could you not it was force fed down our throats because of the success that he was having as a rookie some folks and just wouldn't let it go some folks would not let it go and now you're considering now you kept looking at uh, donovan mitchell last season but now you know not that you wouldn't take donovan mitchell in a heartbeat over malik monk even though we all like malik monk and hopeful and hope for the best in his development donovan mitchell one thing i saw bomani jones tweet about this this was i believe at the, even the beginning of the season before it even started and bomani made a point I, I thought i i think i agree with it that you look at donovan he's not an efficient scorer. Nope. And fans fall out of favor with those guys pretty quickly. With all of the criticism that Russell Westbrook has taken for his inefficiency, with all of the criticism <laughs> that you've seen with Carmelo being a volume scorer, you know Derek Rose wasn't exactly the best shooter from beyond the arc, so he had to get to the paint. Like with these inefficient scores, you know people fall out of favor with those guys so fast. And Donovan Mitchell, just the career—look, like, it's a second season, so obviously nothing written here in stone. But when you look at Donovan Mitchell in his game, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy is a high volume scorer that affects the games in a lot of ways but is also it takes a lot of shots to get a lot of points.
0: The one thing is that we've seen guys win rookie of the year one year and then completely fall flat the next. Tyreek Evans was the rookie of the year. He's now sixth man he's now the sixth man in Indiana.
1: Well, how about Michael Carter Williams? We all know too familiar that that guy never lived up to the success that he had in his rookie of the year campaign.
0: Exactly. So, you have to we have to start taking this like one step at a time and I know I am being very 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 hypocritical when I say that, but at the <laughs> same time I would just say let's we got to stop agonizing over this he's gone move on
2: but those are exceptions to the rules like normally rookie of the year it's a pretty good indicator of future success sure
1: no, I absolutely yeah. No, I, I don't want the award. Usually, some bad omens come with that award. I don't want that at all. But no, you're right. There's been a couple of cases, and I do think Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's is going not the to be Heisman. An, no, it's it's gonna be. He's gonna be an all star. You know, Donovan is is gonna be an all star at some point in his career. At least that's the that's yeah. The just track not he's this on. Year. Yeah, and but it just seems like I, I just wonder how his game kind of falls out of favor. Because when he does that as a rookie, a lot of people are going to be jumping on it, as you should. But if he continues to shoot at that kind of a rate, just 42% from the field, and continues to sit around 33 or lower from three then, yeah, I'm interested to see just how many people love themselves from Donovan Mitchell.
2: See, Miles Bridges is in the nice spot because all he has to do is go out and do like three highlight dunks and let yeah. Kemba handle the rest, and he still gets to be on Center. Yeah. He still gets to be on Twitter. That's how you do it. That's it.
1: That's, He's saving himself for next year. That's the career path that you certainly want. And another thing to look at with the Utah Jazz and why they're struggling so much Credit Stan Van Gundy on the Dan Levitard show, giving hot nuggets to your face. Of the 22 <laughs> opponents the Jazz have played, 20. Have been 500 or above. And there's, you look at a lot of these teams, by the way, in the NBA, there are a lot of teams that are sitting around 500, one game below. So it's pretty, it's a kind of a a tough year you look at. Yeah. Just at least an even year is what I should say. But Utah getting a, a tough front loaded schedule here in the early going, and they're two games below 500 because of it. So because these guys have underperformed and you've had the not added bonus in their regard of them having such a tough schedule. It's been a rough start for
0: them. One thing I did notice, and this goes into the people teams are playing harder. You have a lot more 500 teams. The advent of so- social media is to blame or to as a credit for that because I believe Fred Katz of The Athletic once br- brought it up to Austin Rivers, and he was like, look, social media exists. P- guys don't want to get embarrassed because i will hear it in their mentions for the rest of the week.
2: <laughs> I just wonder if the Hornets are going to attack the rim with the same kind of ferocity that we saw them attack the rim against Atlanta. That's not bright.
1: Yeah, different, different well, but, game that we but, saw.
2: But Gobert, it has not been the paint defender that he has been in years past. Well,
1: and and I think what you saw there in the playoffs, just like you kind of saw with Embiid, Rudy Gobert got exposed when you had to bring him out on the perimeter, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's not the defensive juggernaut that he was in the regular season. People find ways to attack you in the playoffs, and big men got exposed. And as athletic as they are and as mobile as they are for being that size, they're still not as mobile as a athletic 6'7 guy, 6'8", 6'9", when you go to those smaller defensive lineups. And so Rudy Gobert, despite him, again, being a fantastic rim protector, there are ways to beat it. And last postseason, you got to see that a little
2: Pick bit. Pick and pop Cody Zeller. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing I would worry about. It's not necessarily Gobert I worry about. It's Derek Favors. Derek Favors is a little bit more mobile. A little bit, again, has equally, or not equal to Gobert, but at least some He's comparable. kind of a plotter in my eyes, right? Like, he's not all that mobile, is he? You think Derek Favors is a little mobile? A little bit, little bit mobile, but he's another guy that they can bring out if Gobert struggles. And if that happens... Can you still attack the paint with the same ferocity? Maybe get him six, get get him a couple three or four fouls early, and maybe do that. But even then, that's still a dicey gamble.
1: Looking at just real quickly before we had to break, another thing that is plaguing the Jazz right now was Dante Exum. I think made some strides last season. People liked mm-hmm. Dante, but the offense is still struggling to try to catch up to his defensive ability. And so now you're looking at Dante maybe just uh, being a guy that doesn't really ever contribute on the offensive end. And so you're hoping for the Jazz sake that that catches up. But once, still, kind of an intriguing prospect, but this is a guy that his offense just hasn't caught up yet.
2: Derek Flavors.
1: It's a great one. That's fantastic. Calorie Spike. spike. Today's show is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. I really like Derek Flavors. I'm sorry, we didn't let that marinate enough. I apologize to that.
2: Marinate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're so good. Thank you very much. We did not let that marinate enough. I want everybody to sit on that. That is a good calorie spike. We will proceed. Heat on demand at the touch of a button for old Action Heat. Control your environment with Action Heat. It is perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat apparel includes heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts, and long johns make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth action heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most frigid winter weather they have heated clothes for every budget starting at forty dollars and we've got a special deal for our listeners to save twenty percent off your entire order just go to actionheat.com Slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's Actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save twenty percent. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your out, out, outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares batik of New York, n.b.a. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Looking around the rest of the NBA, as we mentioned, not a 500 teams all around the mm-hmm. league this season. Some teams that are just maybe a game above, maybe some teams that are a game below. But one team that is one of those surprising teams that is actually sitting at around the 500 mark, it is the Sacramento Kings. The yeah. Kings are actually winning games. And that appears to be pissing off GM Vlade Divac. A rift has developed between the front office and head coach Dave Yeager, Mm -hmm. who has turned to playing veterans over young players. And that has the Kings... I know, right? Winning games. Crazy. Has the Kings at 10 and 11 right now, and they're out of the Western Conference basement, so they're no longer the cellar dwellers. Now they're actually winning games because they're playing the veterans, but again... Vladimir Divog wants them to play some of the younger guys here. Like, I, yeah. I love the Sacramento Kings, even when they're successful, they're not.
0: See, this is why you guys don't tank, because this is the stuff that happens. On top of this, which what makes this even funnier, is that the Kings don't even own their pick this year. It either goes to Boston if it's uh Boston if it's in the top ten or something like that, or if it ends up being number one, it goes to Philly.
2: Something like
1: that. You like that? We're very prepared today. We yeah, are here. Very, to are very It's get a Friday, Doug. Leave me alone. It's, top 10. it's like in the first round or something.
2: It's somewhere. Yeah.
1: It's like, it's one of those Kings picks. It's in the first round, like top 30, one of those top
2: 30 picks. Look, it does. They don't own
0: the pick. That's the, that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> I always, I'm so proud of our show today. Go ahead, Doug.
2: I always point <laughs> to the Sacramento Kings as a just beacon of. Not even mediocrity, a, a beacon of putridity, but also mm. a beacon of dysfunction. Mm. When people come at me and say that the Charlotte Hornets are a dysfunctional franchise or that Michael Jordan is a dysfunctional owner, this is dysfunction. Have you when,
1: heard of Vivek?
2: Yeah, yeah Vivek letting Vladdy run the team into the ground like this and feud with a coach who actually has them playing successful and has one of their stars in the Aaron Fox playing successfully. This is what uh, Coach Clifford, by the way, would always talk about. If you want to develop players, the best way to develop young players is put them around other good veteran players and allow them to play good basketball. Because if you're constantly playing bad basketball, you cannot develop your own skills. This
1: fits your son's theory that everybody is so high on the sons, but all they've done is acquire young talent and not enough veterans to actually have their talent flourish and get them get the most out of them. Correct? This is your son's theory? Am I getting that the right? The
2: son's theory, the Orlando magic theory, which mm-hmm. I, I think that's why Clifford makes so much sense in Orlando because, and why I think he may get the orlando magic to the playoffs this year is because he understands uh that concept that young players can only truly thrive if if they have veterans around them to actually execute good basketball
1: everybody needs a vince carter man like every single team they need a vince carter a veteran player if you have a bunch of young guys just get you a vince Get you a VC. It doesn't even have to be Prime Duncan going the wrong way on a 360 Duncan VC. But they got Zebo. It needs to get an older VC. Zebo is cool. If you want to get Zebo. Well, I'm not saying this against Sacramento, right? They're winning games because of this. Yes. Like we're saying the Suns need. They've got Trevor Reza, I guess. So that has helped them a yeah. little bit more. They but got I, Jamal Crawford, too. I subscribe to that theory. Well, Jamal Crawford probably does a little bit more hurt. And as much as I love Jamal Crawford, mm-hmm. he probably does a little bit more hurt to that franchise than it he does helping them. Yeah. Like he did have the game winning shot. But the guy plays zero defense, and it's all about how can I undress you with these handles.
0: Here's the thing. Who plays defense on Phoenix? Well, Not not Jamal. No, not Jamal. (laughs) Not
1: Devin. And I know Jamal ain't going to teach him. So it's Trevor Reza in that regard. You do look at a really good team with some veterans and some nice younger pieces, and that's Toronto. And Toronto beat Golden State last night. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Durant in Toronto, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green. They lose a tough one to the Raptors. And the Raptors, I think, somewhat of a statement win, even despite Steph Curry and Draymond being absent from that one. How about Kevin Durant pulling from the logo? Trey Young, you went on your rant with Trey Young out there. Greg Popovich doesn't have anything to do, or he can't stop Gre- or Kevin Durant from pulling up from the logo. It's
2: fine when Durant does it. Yeah, it's cool. Because... The Golden State Warriors are competing for something. So right. That's the difference.
1: Right. They're <laughs> actually competing for something. I didn't know the rules to that. Uh, and by
2: the way, the only statement that the Raptors made uh, by winning that game, the only statement they made was, I'm glad that Steph Curry and Draymond Green are injured because otherwise we would not have won this game. Yeah, that you're was probably right.
1: Even more so Steph. You know, yeah, like it was a good win, though. There are only four losses on the year. Toronto's good. Toronto's extremely good.
2: Okay, great. You're the, not, not no, feeling the, the win? Because the Warriors are great. They're good. The Warriors are great.
1: Yeah, they lost a lot. The Warriors are very good. But yeah, here's, another, here's
2: another statement the Raptors made. Congratulations on your 2018-19 championship, Golden State.
1: Man, no love Man, for the Raptors wow. at all? No love for Toronto. Are you, are you that down on Toronto? Or you just think Golden State, even despite and all and the challenges? They won
2: a close game, and <laughs> they didn't have two of their best players. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, wow. All right. Wow. I didn't know the Toronto Raptors hate was here for Doug. Doug's been very angry lately. Like, I don't, it's all these Harry the, Potter the, movies. What, what's going just, on? Do we need to have... Do we wait, need to wait, talk?
0: Wait, the Harry... How are you... Why are you in, angry at Harry Potter? Harry Potter? What did he do?
2: Because the Harry Potter movies are getting worse and worse as I continue down this series. And the this sense of... Of Take all, off the amulet, Doug. You this, are Voldemort. Listen, he has possessed the you. Sense, the sense of awe and wonder that I experienced with the first uh, three movies is gone, and now it's all darkness and and despair. That's and the point. Harry joining the dark side. Like, I can't deal with this anymore.
1: <laughs> you are Greg Popovich.
2: <sighs> get get off my lawn, Doug. Quit shooting threes,
1: Harry. Anyways... When Kevin Durant did hit that three, I was going mm-hmm. to try to go to a lighter part of this. When Drake, uh, when Kevin Durant hit that three, do you see Drake's face? Just the most off faced ever of all time. Drake like, is
0: the biggest groupie of all time. He is. <laughs>
1: like, like, Let's be real here. I love the memes of him clapping for people. And it's like your girlfriend at a game. And Drake is sitting there clapping on the sideline for, it was like Kentucky basketball
0: fans. Exactly. No, like he's, again, the funniest thing is him doing those midnight madness with Kentucky. And then like looking horrible. While playing there, like on the layup line, like yeah. you're not he even airball to three attempts. Yeah, exactly. think.
1: No, that's that's Drake. That's how I'll remember. He's the Drake. biggest groupie ever. Yeah. So he did. So he after the game, Durant made his feelings known about the celebration. So here's Kevin Durant with that sound on the celebration that he had. And uh, this was Drake Knight here, and uh, he's the one who just interrupted us. What, give me a taste of what the uh, trash talk was like, what the uh, you know, what the interaction is like with your your buddy there.
2: I don't give a damn about no damn Drake Knight.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great, God, I that's great. I Love Drake, I oh, love that. No, that's fantastic. He also gave Drake a purple nurple at one point. Now I didn't see this. Doug just has this particular thing in the show notes. I did not see the purple nurple that he gave to Drake.
2: Yeah, he's just running down the sideline, just gave him a little pinch and squeeze. <laughs> It's it's only better Kevin than Durant.
1: The, that's the only, I don't give
2: a damn about no damn Drake Knight.
1: It's even better than the logo <laughs> shot. I
2: don't give a damn about no damn Drake Knight. A Drake
1: Purple Nurple. I'll take that just over a, logo a bunch shot.
2: of Just a couple of couple of rich people, you know. Pitching and squeezing. Yeah, pinching and squeezing. That's it's all fun. they're
1: doing. It's we're, all fun and games. And we're all coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, Visit Gitabird.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll be back. We got some questions from Doug. I, I don't even know how we're gonna do this segment. So you see this in the rundown. It's gonna be yeah, I didn't
2: explain this very well. Yeah. I will try to I'll do my best after the
1: break. Right. So all I see, I'll I'll let the listeners see what I see. It is the eye test, and all it says is Doug has the stats to answer these questions. I have looked at these questions. For the fun of the game, I have not looked at these stats. So we'll see what this game entails after the break
2: do give
0: a damn about no damn Drake Knight.
1: We need to do this to the yoga music. <laughs> Locked on Hornets, here in a second on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: This is
1: Locked on Hornets.
2: So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were. We loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want them to play scared, right?
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. During the break, we have found out that Doug's anger continued and it's pretty focused on the Toronto Raptors that he just is, has zero belief in them as a contender this season. And Nada and I, I feel like, disagree pretty heavily and Doug is going Stu stugats on us that they have, sh- how many rings do they have? How many conference championships have they actually won here? Like Toronto, we try to bring it up, oh, it's DeMar DeRozan's out of the game. Like Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, they make a big difference on that team and Doug's just not having any of it.
2: Not yet. They gotta prove it. They gotta show it to me. <laughs> I no. I'm. am just tired. And I said this last year. And I said it the year before. And the year before that. I'm tired of being tricked by the Toronto Raptors. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it to sound smart. I'm not gonna say, oh well, they changed a few players, so now all of a sudden <laughs> they changed no. it
1: to Kawhi. I don't
2: care. <laughs> <It's>,
1: oh, just <laughs> because they got LeBron doesn't mean that they're gonna well, do anything different. LeBron.
2: Well, Kawhi Leonard is not LeBron. Kawhi I, Leonard. I know that. Top, I don't have to look at stats to know that.
1: Top ten. Top ten player in the game. Top five. I would say so as well. Close to it. Like, DeMar DeRozan's not a top 10 player in the game.
0: Doug. Like, like Doug, quit being a Severus Gotts. That's what you're doing. You're being <laughs> Snape and Gotts. All in the same little package of misery. Severus guys.
2: I think we should move on.
1: <laughs> Turn the script. Uh, Doug finally has this game for us that I don't even know. I don't know if this is an angry game. I don't know what's going to happen it's in this It's obvi-
0: obviously an a-
2: angry game.
1: I-, I think it is. I don't know, Doug, if you just want to explain to everybody because I'm confused about this. As
2: well. well, so I put this in the rundown. It's called the eye test. So I, just, I wanted to basically present some things that I think a lot of us may be seeing. And I think we just need to check the stats. So I've got some stats here from I like cleaning this. the glass. Mm-hmm. And these are some eye test questions. And then we'll see. You, you guys will answer whether you think that the thing is true or not. And right. then we'll go to the stats. All right.
0: I like this. All right, so, you, so basically, you're just going to make us look really, really stupid. Yeah, basically.
1: This, we, ha- we do not get to look good on this, I don't think. But go ahead.
2: Well, go for it. Yeah. You interd- i got to pull the rundown. Right? Oh, okay. So I apologize. And, uh, yeah. I
1: thought you were going to ask the questions here. All right. So the first question that we have here is, has Nick Batum actually turned the ball over too much? Now, with this question, I feel like this Nick... This is a loaded but, question. Now, at, there is, but I feel like there have been really timely turnovers that have been bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just done it at the worst possible moments. I think at the end of the games, the turnovers have actually had an uptick. But if you look over the course of the entire game... I'd be willing to bet that we might be fooled. It's just that they're so timely they stand out in your mind and there's just been so many bad ones that maybe the actual volume hasn't increased all that much.
0: I would say volume hasn't increased all that much. I would probably say the crunch time turnovers is probably where he gets nailed. Yep.
1: So all right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put in my final answer at the volume has not increased all that much, but the timing of the turnovers, they've been so bad that they may believe they may lead people to believe that it has increased.
2: Actually, his turnovers are at a career high right now, according to Cleaning the Glass. Turnover percentage at 18.4. Wow. That would be a career high if it holds. That's fourth percentile among forwards. His assist percentage is 15.5, which is good. But would represent his lowest assist percentage since 2012.
1: And so, cleaning the glass though, does it errat- doesn't it eradicate the garbage time stats that you have to undergo?
2: Correct. So any so if a team is up 20 point, if the margin is at 20, it eliminates those those stats.
1: So we still might be right then. Right? I mean, if we're just going to go with the sheer volume of number of turnovers then, because I'm sure there are turnovers that are, well, even with cleaning the glass. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be interested. And, well, if we look up... Well,
2: cleaning the glass, that's what I love about cleaning the glass is it looks at the time that matters. As opposed to right, no, I get time. I get the premise.
1: I get the premise of that. All right, go on. I wish let's you would quit
2: insulting one. cleaning the glass on this. No, show. I know I like cleaning the a, this glass. This is a setup, I, though.
1: No, no, it gets red. It gets red of all of those stats. I get that, but if we're just looking at the sheer, all right, let's move on. Do the Hornets' offense look weird slash different against the Hawks on Wednesday? Not. Do you want to answer this one first?
0: Um, it was only weird because they only hit four three pointers. That's the only reason it was.
1: Yeah, it did look weird because of that. Also, they had a lot more points in the paint. They don't, don't usually do that. So I am going to go with that. It did look weird slash different.
2: It, it was, in fact, very weird, the offense that the Hornets played against the Atlanta Hawks. So the rim frequency, the frequency at which they uh, shot at the rim was 53.8%. That was highest of the season by a large margin. They were attacking the basket much differently. And three-point frequency was all the way down to 22%. That was lowest of the season by a large margin. I think they had a specific game plan that they executed on that second game uh, in in three games against the Atlanta Hawks, and I really think it was a case of you guys ever play a friend that you've never played uh, before in like two K or Madden, and they do something so strategically different, so even cheesy. And it completely knocks you off the game because you've been used to playing the game the right way. Or maybe you've been playing against the CPU and they do something so radically different that it knocks you out.
0: Playing the right way? Are you Larry
2: Brown all of a sudden, Doug? (laughs) That would explain a lot. Well, you just try to play it realistically and your friend says, no, I'm going to break the game real quick and beat you. And they do. And I think that's what happened to the Hornets in that first game against Atlanta And then the Hornets adjusted their game and said, all right, I'm going to play like you're playing. I'm going to play in a way that's different than we've been playing before and then beat you. And that's what the Hornets did.
1: I want to go back to this Nick Batum thing because I think I'm right on that. (laughs) (laughs) That Nick Batum is averaging two turnovers per game this season, and that's not a career high, but it is the timely factor, right? Like cleaning the glass, it does put everything in a timely fashion because it gets rid of all the the garbage time stat so if he's doing it and cleaning the glass if it's at an all-time high then i feel like that fits the timely bill correct am i wrong about this it, it
0: a... does I, like i see both sides on this one like i am switching Whoa,
1: both mix. sides in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flippity flip at the same time i get your point all right i just How wanted dare to, you? i wanted to be flippity right about flat. a question i didn't want to miss two so all right let's move on to the next one remember last year when the hornets would go to an all bench lineup and just get absolutely destroyed have the hawks or excuse me have the hornets actually fixed that particular issue.
2: Yeah, you guys remember that? They would put in all and we actually well, of went, yeah, we actually awful. went over like how reliant they were on the bench last season and how eviscerated they would get when they put zero starters on the floor.
1: You no, know, it was it was an awful bench. I mean, we've we've gone through that the last couple of seasons where the bench has been so bad that you needed some kind of help and have the Hornets actually fixed that issue. You know, you would think so. I'm trying to think of how many times there at least has been one starter out on the floor with yeah. some of those bench players. I mean, if you if you go back up point guard, you go Tony Parker and I don't want to waste too much time on it, but I can't remember them. Too many times going straight bench, right? I mean, no, had, I can't.
0: I can't. And that's the big thing is I think our eyes are
2: deceiving us on this. This yeah. is a trick question. All right, I'm going to go with
1: the trick question. I'm going to say it hasn't actually fixed that. They've at least had one starter on the floor at all times.
2: Well, they haven't gone to the all bench unit very much, but when they have, uh, it has been successful. So right. Parker, Monk, Bridges, MKG, and uh, Billy – 85 eighty-five possessions, that's second highest among lineups, uh, other than the starters, obviously. Wow.
1: See, I would have thought that. You shook me. I got shook. Exactly. I got scared of that he, question. He shook us both. Doug, Doug's in my head right now.
2: Point differential of plus 16.6. Wow. Now, Parker, Monk, Bridges, Bacon, Kaminsky, that's another all bench lineup. Point differential of plus 34.6. <laughs> and again, we're dealing with small sample sizes. But Yeah, the how many point- times have they been out there? I think that was around 20 ish possessions. I don't have it right in front of me, but 34.6 is very good. Now, last year, MCW, Lamb, Graham, Kaminsky, and JOB, that was the highest all bench. JOB.
0: I miss JOB. That just sounds like depression. It does.
2: (laughs) Minus (laughs) 6.6 point differential. Yeah. And then MCW, Lamb, Graham, Kaminsky, Zeller, that was another popular all bench lineup. That was plus 5.4. So even though it was positive, not very positive. And you're getting some significant contributions from all bench lineups this year. Wow.
1: Yeah. Fun with numbers. No, it, it was, yeah, absolute fun. Uh, yeah, I got shook, man. I tried to get that one right, and I, I absolutely got shook. But it does make a lot of sense. And speaking of Billy Hernan Gomez, by the way, you know, talking with Rick, I had talked to I him did in, hear that. on That's the funny. wake-up call today. You know, he's right, and we brought this point very, very briefly the other day. But Billy Hernan Gomez, with Frank getting all of these minutes, you know, I, I wonder if Frank has actually taken these minutes away from Billy, who has just not been playing any the last couple of games.
0: The one thing I do wonder about this is how long does this go without Billy, like, complaining? Because that's why he was traded from New York in the first place. Yeah, he wanted a
1: place where he could actually play, and then he goes to Charlotte, and last season he wasn't playing. And remember Steve Clifford absolutely ripping Billy Hernan Gomez last Mm -hmm. season, how he needs to learn how to play basketball simply better, just a lot better. That was one of the casualties of a Steve Clifford rant, Uh, just like Jeremy Lamb was all too familiar with in his time with the Hornets. All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you on Monday.